0: Hey folks, this is Patch coming to you before the show with just a quick note. For reasons I am completely unaware of, there are a couple points in this episode where my audio just cuts out completely. I could not f- figure out how to fix this; it's not in the backup, and so I'm basically just gonna have to leave it in here. You will hear at some points Kate and Vivian responds to me, even though I am not talking. And well, the first and most egregious one is about six minutes and you'll see what i'm talking about i'm sincerely sorry but huge majority of the content made it through i'm missing i think about a minute and 30 of my audio through this episode so i hope that's not immersion breaking but uh just figured i should give you a heads up thanks much My name is Patch. I can't tell you my last name. I can't tell you where I live. But I can tell you that this is The Axe Files, a show where a handful of weirdos reread every single Animorphs book in order. And I'm joined this week by the most wanted criminal side of the Andalite homeworld, it's Vivian. I'm
1: pretty sure the events of this book so far would be reported in the news to find out easily where these kids live. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and we're also joined by the most elegantest street on Earth, it's Kate. No turning back, no backing down, nowhere to run, no solid ground, no place to hide, no one to trust,
2: no one to help you when they lost, there's only us, it's all in your hands, hold on, hold back the darkness, (laughs) gotta take a
1: stand.
2: It's all in your hands. That's a, that's a good
1: song. Like, it really is. Is, it, is that, like, the actual Animal TV show theme song or something? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know there were words to it. I'm not trying. I have a better singing voice when I'm trying. I, I promise.
2: But, like, I, I'm also not good at this kind of, like,
1: like. De- it's definitely uh, very 90s punk. <laughs> Ah, that's a good thing we're not supported by ads because I feel like we would have had all monetization taken down for you singing the first 30 um, seconds.
2: I don't know, just fucking cut it down, edit it down. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I I I listen. I just do what I do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh yeah, just go check out the song. Just look it up. It's 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 a good song.
1: <laughs> it's a terrible show, but it's a good song. Is, is it like sung with that like kind of like peppy kind of voice or is it like is it like more uh, like no, summer? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's
2: it's like it it's That that's just that's just me being excited about the song. Um but no, it's 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 very it's very much like a kind of I don't really know what genre to put it into. No. Um it's definitely punk-ish.
1: Okay, I guess that that fits more with the like whole like child soldier guerrilla war stuff, rather than just like if it's a pop song. <laughs> no, it's not a pop song. Okay. It's 100
2: percent not. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, again, I don't know enough about how to classify music to really describe it.
1: But it, it's it's definitely not as I that might have been unintentional because I was just excited about it. <laughs> huh. Okay, I, yeah, I listened to like the first like nine seconds of it just there, and it's like okay, this kind of sounds like it fits. Yeah, no, it does. Actually, it actually is a very good theme. It, it, for the, actually, for the, it, the, it kind of sounds the a little bit like something you'd expect to see in like the early like two thousand Sonic video games by Crush Forty. <laughs> Little <laughs> bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, um, yeah, uh, very, rougher
2: a, a than a that, little, a, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, it's
1: like, yeah. s- it's like somewhat of the, like, uh, 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 what's, no, Live and Learn in Sonic Adventure 2, what's the, uh, frickin', what's the song, what's the theme song of Perfect Chaos in Sonic Adventure 1? It's kind of like that, like, thinking mm. of that, like, whole, yeah. like, uh, ancient city-blazing or whatever the fuck that song is. <laughs> it, it, it didn't mean to start a conversation about the Animorphs theme song. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs>
2: Uh, I guess I should have expected that, singing it, but um, yeah, (laughs) Uh, we're doing the first Megamorphs.
0: We are the first Megamorphs book. Uh, For those not familiar with the series, these are very big books, roughly about double size of the standard books that feature narration from every point of view. Uh, they're supposed to be more big, dramatic events, but they also have to be separate from the rest of the series because since they're not numbered, you have no idea when to read them, so they tend to be just kind of action plots. These, so, we these were
1: written later on, right?
0: No, these were released at time of. Oh, okay, so so, so it's why... not like
1: this is like they retconned this event in between the two books. No, 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 no. Okay. No.
0: It's just that because it doesn't have an official numbering, it doesn't fit squarely into the timeline right. unless you, like many Animorph scholars, have gone through and done all the math.
2: I guess the reason that I don't really like these books all that much, or at least I didn't as a kid, is because the narration style, and, you know, it it just, it it's... It's hard to find a flow, yeah. When it's you're constantly switching back between
1: back and forth between narrators. I th- I think part of it is that like from each of these books, like each of the narrator always felt like they had this like a distinct different voice from each other, and in this so far, it just kind of seems a little bit like it's kind of just yeah, this is this is the kid. We're not gonna get into like a lot of like their own individuality. It seems because like they don't seem <laughs> yeah. all that different from each other.
2: Yeah, it's, it's an action plot, um, but we're going to read it, and we're going to enjoy it, and we're going to report it to all of you, and talk about it, and whatnot. Um, I've never read this book. I know about it, I know roughly like, what <laughs> happens in it, and I know about the thing what's in it, um, and they mention that thing in book eight, which is my favorite, one of my favorite in the early parts of the series, because it's Axe's first book, which is the one we'll be reading after this. Uh, and then i just like, I was like Ooh, what's what are they talking about? And then I just look back at the Megamorphs book and I'm like, hmm, I don't really care enough <laughs> to find out. <laughs> but now I'm going to. So, so far uh, it's fucking insane yeah. what happens. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So do you have any fun facts for us about this book?
0: A uh, few. So this is, of course, the first Megamorphs book written by K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant covered by David Mattingly. Uh, it did come with a set of of, well, it didn't come with a set of, but when this book was published, there were three sets of two promotional trading cards each. Mm -hmm. But since there's no hole in this cover, it's... It's a black box with a bunch of weird animal. hands. Yeah, I hate towards. these
1: animal hands. They're, they're like so many. Like, there's like one that's an actual paw, and the rest are just this is a human hand photoshopped to look like an animal. The, yeah. the tiger looks and like it should what's... be from fucking uh, the Frosted Flakes guy, the Tony the Tiger. I don't I don't like the fly one. No, really the, don't f- like the, the fly, the fly, fly one's I also one. bad. <laughs>
2: like the, the it's got two it's got two wrists. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm presuming that's, like, maybe a wolf paw there on the right, and, like, that at least kind of looks a little bit like one, but it also has human digits. The, ber- the bird one is <laughs> Tony... also just a person's hand. with eagle. Fucking titles. Tony
2: the Tiger over there yeah. on the...
1: <laughs>
2: oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they're reaching out for the mysterious black box, but I guess is the... Is that supposed to be the Morphin Cube? Uh,
0: yeah, so that is indeed the Morphin Cube, and... In the actual book, it is blue, but it's like a holographic blue, so it's hard to take a picture of because the light gets all weird, so that's why it is black in this image.
2: Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Also, a (laughs) weird, a weird detail to include... Like, they thought about, like, what would it
1: look like if this thing were photographed? And also, a bunch of mm. weird animal hands, animal person hands were reaching out. <laughs> also, it. also, it's, like, interesting that it's, like, it's mostly just, like, the animal hands, but then they also include the tiger's tail just there. <laughs> 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 so
0: um, weird. This, this series is so it's... fucking strange. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very strange. But other than that, there's not a whole lot to talk about up front, so let's just go ahead and dive in. Okay. Um, Chapter one is from Jake's perspective, and I have titled this, The Story Begins, because frankly, nothing (laughs) happens here. (laughs) Uh, There's like a half a page of Jake recapping everything, and (sighs) then all the Animorphs are in the barn again, and Rachel's complaining. I
2: I had a hard time coming up with titles for my chapters, Yep. mm -hmm. and and, and I actually didn't. I didn't manage to, so I'm going to have to think of something while y'all are... (laughs)
1: Now,
0: in, I feel guilty. Involved in this, now I feel
2: because...
1: guilty, because I came up with titles pretty easily for mine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm gonna put my cards on the table here. I I'm mostly improv my way through this show. Like, I read the book two or three times in advance, but I don't do notes or anything, and I don't usually come up with titles early. That's... But since I know what happens in the chapter, I can usually have a, like, a direction I'm leaning, right? But just so much nothing happens in my chapters that it's hard for me then. To...
2: Well, you have a, a word computer brain. So <laughs> like you can you can read super fast and uh, do all that stuff. I can't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the point being they're just difficult chapters to name. Um, yeah, yeah. But yes, so the Animorphs are all in the barn together, and Rachel is going to be leaving because there's she signed up for a weekend-long gymnastics camp. It's just two days, and she did that before the whole Animorphs thing, but it is time for her to go now, and she doesn't really want to on account of they're embroiled in a war for the future of humanity, mm-hmm. but everyone is basically telling her to, you know, you have to go because one it gives you a chance to do something normal and 2 don't blow your cover by refusing to do the things you would want to do in the past <laughs> but um while this is happening cassie is also doctoring a crow it he's got a broken wing but uh tobias is really upset about this because he hates crows Um
1: <laughs> why, is, can, why is tobias crow racist <laughs>
0: Well, the thing is, is that crows are some of the meanest birds in the world, and they will kill hawks if they have the chance. So, Tobias has apparently learned that without being killed somehow. I guess he is studying ornithology on his off days. Um, I mean, as established, Rachel sometimes brings him books,
1: which I want to see Tobias reading a book as a bird. Yeah, fair <laughs> be enough. i be flipping the pages. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like, with, talons, with beak? I would assume I, I would assume with the B, because like I don't think the talons are like dexterous like de- dexterous enough to pick up a single individual page Def- definitely probably definitely not yeah. his wings
0: I mean he could just flap around until enough wind caused the page to turn
1: yeah but but it might <laughs> but it, it's probably always the case of him being like ah, oh, shit I now like multiple chapters ahead I gotta get back to where I was what page was on Fuck. see what what they've done is they've given
2: Tobias a stick with, like, a very, um, just slight, you know, like, a, a, a very, um, like, friction-heavy rubber tip, so that he can be, like, he can just, like, sort of turn the page oh,
1: Maybe maybe he has one of those, like, uh, like, kid toy grabber things, like, with the animal head that's, like, the grabby part, and he's just using his talons, because we've seen him use a gun with his talons. <laughs> I don't think those are very much more dexterous. No, than no, but, it, but it's a funny image in my head to see him trying to use this.
2: <laughs> also, I I definitely don't think that would work for turning a page.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely not. Well, there is a there's a tool that I don't remember the name of. I'm trying to look it up right now. Yes, the quad hand page turner, it's called. It's designed for folks with uh, mobility issues mm-hmm. that are Designs to help them turn pages, so you could just give them one of those. It's, it's like a has... rubberized tip that sort of pushes the page over to the next it's one.
2: kind of exactly what I was thinking of. Like,
1: <laughs> I, and I just came up with that idea on the spot. I guess
2: I guess, great minds think alike.
1: <laughs> now now I'm imagining them trying to slip that on uh, Tobias' wing, so he could use it as like, basically a hand. <laughs> I guess Tobias does technically have, like, compared to humans,
2: mobility issues. Mm-hmm
0: yeah i suppose that's fair there is also a version of this that is like entirely automated and then you use a foot pedal to like tell it to push the page over but i don't think that would fit in a tree very well
1: Mm -hmm. also i don't think that thing even existed back in the mid-90s or accessible for these kids to buy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair um so anyway, Tobias basically just mean-mugs this crow for a while, even though the crow doesn't speak English, <laughs> and Cassie promises that they'll let him go very far away from where he lives. So Rachel gets back to the other conversation, and she she told Melissa that she wasn't going already, because Melissa immediately went to camp after school, so I don't know how Rachel's getting there, but apparently, we'll we'll get to that in a few, but she's got time to just hang around the barn for a while. I don't know why she waited until the day of to have this conversation, but. (laughs) Um, yeah. Marco kind of makes fun of her for thinking they can't survive without her for a weekend, but realistically, like, I don't know. Given the whole everything, you might want her around. I get it, but. (laughs) Yeah. Um, eventually, though, they convince her to go, and most. her thing is just that she wants to get away from marco for a few days but she makes them promise to stay out of trouble which i'm sure that'll be fine just because it's chapter one of a book doesn't mean anything (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah that's uh cassie asks for help unloading some cages from the back of her truck marco pretends that he is injured to get out of it and then jake goes to help her uh Which I think is probably what she wanted anyway, because she's, like, musing on how weird it is for one of them to be leaving, even for just a few days. And also how weird it is that it's weird for her to be leaving, because really, it shouldn't be a big deal. And yet, because of the circumstances they're in, everything seems like a nightmare all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She, She mentions very, like... I never used to be afraid, not of anything, and now it's like I'm afraid all the time. Because, yep, that is what being in a Korea Korea war will do to you. (sighs) Jake does try to reassure her a little bit, saying how she always deals with it. That's not really reassuring, that's just like, historically, you have always been okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which is
2: generally true for everyone until they're not. You know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and she, she points this out, because her answer to this is just, so far. Uh, yeah. And that's the end of that chapter. Um, and then it'll bring us into chapter two, which is uh, Rachel's chapter, and I have titled, What Are You Even Doing? <laughs> um, Rachel also spends the first half of her chapter just recapping everything, so real easy day for me, I guess. <laughs> but, um... The next morning, she's walking to school because, I guess, the camp... I don't know. It's clearly not a two-day camp. It's just an overnight Saturday night thing, despite what she said earlier. So she gets to the uh school at 11, or 10, because the bus is supposed to be there at 11. And then she's just bored because she got to school an hour early and no one's here. Like... That, amazing yeah
1: what a shocker there Rachel you're a teenager in the 90s who got there an hour early of course you have fucking nothing to do
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean you could have at least brought a book we've established that you read Come yeah on. you
1: bring books to Tobias go go find him and be like hey can I borrow one of those while I wait yeah <laughs> <laughs> It really caught. I mean, we kind of had that in the previous book, too, when they were like, oh, we didn't understand at the time how much we had hurt them by destroying the Kendrona, but we would find out later on, weeks from now, after Megamorph. Yeah,
0: Yeah. for sure. And it was Rachel then, too. Clearly, she is the one who's a lot more retrospective with her writing.
1: (laughs) And
2: that's, oh, geez, that's weird. That's weird because of a big reason, a huge reason. Isn't it? Yeah, and I can't say it. I can't say it, and I won't be able to say it in (laughs) a very, 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 very long time.
1: (laughs) It's Um, it's always amusing to me how much you're all like, there's things I can say, but I can't fucking say them because I don't want to spoil by me while I'm just over here being like,
2: (laughs) I have to take a note so I remember this literally years from now. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh boy.
0: Yeah, it's definitely that sort of a situation. Like, I definitely have stuff in my notes uh, that I copy from episode to episode. Like, I've got a line in here, uh, Vivian, yes, Tobias would have the most kills. (laughs) (laughs) We gave Jerk 85 points for the pool yeah. in case it's uh-huh. clarified later. But
1: Tobias is the only Did one you? that we've seen so far willing to grab a fucking laser gun and murder some motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. I, be- no, I believe in I him.
2: Have. <laughs> I have to I have to stop us here. Did you just call him Jerk?
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I don't know, it's just funny to anyway. me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, Rachel in the future just muses about, like... You know, all her friends thought she was going to camp, so if anything bad happened to her, they wouldn't know for at least two days, and that's super dangerous, and she, the few, the past version of Rachel didn't realize that, because obviously she didn't know anything was going to happen. So past Rachel... I guess I should just say Rachel, because it doesn't matter. Um, Rachel. Rachel, who was <laughs> bored at this school... Uh, Goes into the woods near the school and morphs a bald eagle because she has nothing to do and she's just killing time for an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious how long she waited before she decided eh, I'll be a bird for a while, <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> if, um, she describes for a while how turning into a bird is gross, you know, how it goes mm-hmm. in this series. And then she starts flying. She's just flying around the school, um, just kind of chilling. It's, it's very, like, there's a very long flight sequence with her describing how good she is at seeing things and seeing mice Mm -hmm. falling out of mouse holes and ants on trees and and she starts flying towards where tobias lives i don't think she could possibly make it to where tobias lives based on my rough estimation of where they live like i don't think a bald eagle can go that far that fast and make it back but that's the direction she's going
2: but she's done it before she's flown to tobias before
0: yeah, absolutely, but right now she's got an hour time limit. Mm. She's got to get back for the bus to school. Or the bus to the camp.
2: It's weird, because, like, you have to consider the fact that bald eagles don't fly all that fast. You know, They're birds. They fly about as fast mm-hmm. as birds do. Um, but also, like, you're not stopping at red lights. You go in straight. You can go, like, in a straight line. It It's hard to kind of think about how long it would actually take you to get somewhere you know i mean yeah i
0: suppose you know
2: i just if they t- sorry if their town is about the size of the one that i live in i could see it i could see uh them getting and, and like it feels roughly that size i could see them getting uh her getting where she's going in like 30 minutes
1: i just realized something Basically, Rachel uh, potentially missing the bus to the camp is kind of just a loose situation, except she doesn't have somebody happening to take her appearance and pretend to be here at the camp if she misses it.
2: <laughs> well, the thing that's going to happen to her is very much not like what happened to Loose. Well, so. yeah. Uh,
1: well, still monsters. <laughs> I mean, they're
2: they're similar. They're similar in that both of the characters missed a bus. Yeah. But I've missed buses before. So, I don't really think it's all that, True.
1: you know? <laughs> I, I was just thinking along the lines of, like, you know, like, that was something people brought up. of Like, how, did, how does the camp not contacted Lucy's mom to let them know she's not there? And it's like, well, we find that out, actually, later on. Because of V, yeah. obviously. But it's like, if Rachel doesn't show up to the camp, wouldn't they immediately be being like, Hi, Mrs. Rachel's mom, uh, your daughter didn't show the fuck up. What the hell? <laughs> Although I guess, okay, I guess uh, she does well, establish that the camp wasn't expecting her to be there, but also it's like her mom expects um, her to be there.
2: I have a solution to this problem. Mm-hmm. It's a very bad camp. <laughs> huh.
0: They oh, don't give a shit. Fair.
1: Also, I guess it's like 95-ish or so roughly speaking, so maybe they just don't have commu- like, phones at the camp to contact them, which also seems irresponsible. They, they had phones <laughs> in the 90s. I believe
2: phones were invented in like the early 20th century.
1: You can't prove that. <laughs> Don't look it up. Anybody who's listening to this who's younger than us, take our word for Alexander We're Graham Bell.
2: You know, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, born was the in guy who What made him? He he lived back in old timey times. I know that.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um, while we were looking this up i went ahead and did some quick research and it turns out that an average bald eagle's flight speed like not when it's pouncing or anything just when it's like flying around is about 45 miles an hour so i guess we're okay mm. here yeah. Yeah. that is much faster than i expected um
1: birds can haul ass when they want to
0: well, yeah, like, I knew that a bald eagle could hit a 100 when it was, like, swooping down on prey, yeah. but I didn't think it's, like, standard cruising yeah, speed was anywhere yeah, that, near. Yeah, that's <laughs> the distinction
1: of, like, obviously they're using gravity and, like, becoming super aerodynamic to go fast to hunt prey. Like, that's an exception.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like, a, it's like a, um, oh, what's the kind of bird that can hit the falcon or whatever that can hit 200 miles diving?
0: Uh, yes, yes, the peregrine falcon, the fastest animal on Earth. Yeah. We hear it all the time. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, the
1: one fact. J- it's the one bird fact Jake knows. He needs to let you know that he knows. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're not wrong. You're not. It's like it's an- also... like
1: the anti-Brendan Lee Mulligan, where Brendan actually knows a shit ton of bird facts and will let you know if you. I uh, think he doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, what Carol. was that? Oh, so they're they're
2: they're also kind of competitive with their morphs. They are like they're they're teenagers. They, 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 they want to be like they be like my bird's the best. No, my bird's the best.
1: Yeah, it's the whole like okay, which in, in our like tabletop group, who would win in a fight if we had a if we had a one v one v one v one whatever amount fight? Who would be the one standing in the end? The answer is <laughs> almost always like the fucking
2: DPS. But you know, yeah, it,
1: probably. Uh, a... Yeah, um, like the cleric's not gonna. <laughs> I, I don't know, the cleric could keep themselves going and just, like, basically hope that the rest fight each other, because it's like, the cleric isn't is annoying. This our podcast is for, True. <laughs> but Cure Wounds takes an action. Sorry. True, it does. Um, get, That's why you have spirit to weapon, or uh, spirit guardians you need to keep yourself safe. <laughs>
0: Right, well, um, (laughs) since apparently she might be able to make it if she's really booking it, uh, she's heading out that direction, and while she's flying, she happens to spot Axe running around in the field, and she just kind of watches him run for a while. She doesn't, like, say hi or anything, and then uh, she notices there are some baby birds just in a nest in a tree nearby, and she has, like, just enough time to go, hey, baby birds, and then she gets hit by something, uh, There are just dozens of tiny, smaller birds that are z- hitting her from every angle Because uh she has found a crow nest and she is being mobbed This is why Tobias had to do the crow racism in the first chapter to set this up Because otherwise you wouldn't know <laughs> what was happening <laughs> And uh in crow fashion, they mob her until she can't see where she's going And she slams into a tree uh, headfirst at whatever her speed is and then she drops to the ground. Uh, the last thing she thinks is that she needs to morph out because every bird bone in her bird body has broken when she smashed into a tree, and then she's unconscious.
2: Right. So for, and... some reason, for some reason, I, I picture crows as having, like, New York accents. I don't know why. They're like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, Come yeah on. I was about to say, hey, what, what are we doing? I was about to do that. You got there, you you're f- you're fuzzle, you know.
1: <laughs> Hey, uh. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> it is a little goofy uh, that it's like yeah she's a bald <laughs> eagle and she just gets mobbed by some birds and then crashes at like 40 fucking miles into a tree crows that, are mean
0: that's not goofy at <laughs> all that's so a thing that crows do I guess maybe I just
1: yeah, didn't they're... realize that crows do that because when I read that I was like this is just a really silly excuse that's, for her no, to that's... have amnesia in most of this book <laughs>
2: Crows are very social, very intelligent, very vindictive animals.
0: (laughs) Not to mention aggressive.
1: Yeah, I guess really the thing I know about crows in particular is that they're like one of the smarter birds. So I didn't think of them as being like super aggressive.
2: If if you um if you feed them, they'll bring you things. Uh, but if, if they bring you money and then you reward them I've played that, Dark Souls.
1: I know it's not going to be the crow. We're bros.
2: Apparently, I've never done this. Legally, I have to say, I've never done this. Uh, <laughs> if you feed them and they bring you money and then you continue to reward <laughs> for that, reward them for that, you will train them to steal. Yep. I gotta meet some crows.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, they will end up just robbing people for you in order to get snacks.
1: I mean, I, I recently bought Baldur's Gate three. I need, I need to find some crows and get them to steal money for me <laughs> to take yeah. pay that
0: off. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, is that the smarter you get, the greater your capacity for evil <laughs> <laughs> is. The-,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the crow hit intelligence twenty, and now it just wants to destroy the world. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yes, uh, so we'll join into Marco, who. <sighs> I have titled this Chapter 3 Party Times. Marco is trying to bribe Axe to go to a party with him. He. He wants to go to this party that he's not invited to, and so he's trying to convince Axe to be a mouse and go to the party with him. I dislike this. It is a lot. real bad. <laughs> this
2: is like. Okay, so you
0: know how. You know how,
2: um. You know how uh, Greatest Generation had the drunk Shimoda, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like where they would pick a character who was just acting super stupid, uh, yep. or or just doing some nonsense. I think I think Mar- like I, if we were doing a gr- drunk Shimoda, I think Marco would get it for this because what he's doing just <laughs> makes no fucking sense. It's the stupidest thing ever. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty, it's really like a point where he says that Axe is like a very smart guy, and it's like, we've seen Axe like easily blow his cover, I don't think, I think you're maybe giving Axe a little bit too much more credit, but also you're trying to butter him up to join you in this bullshit, Marco. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I also, also the fact that Axe goes along with this
2: is really <laughs> Yeah, different.
1: yeah, Axe is, Axe does not read as the kind of guy who would be like, oh, you want to spy on this girl because you assume she's going to be talking about how hot you are, my guy? <laughs> sure, I will join in this, uh, noble endeavor.
2: <laughs> I actually forget, but what is the reason that Axe does help Marco? I think there was a quid pro quo there going, wasn't there? Uh,
0: there, there is, we'll get there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, basically, Marco's assumption is that because everyone but him was invited, that that means Darlene must have a crush on him. Somehow. He, <laughs> he's... I don't understand him. But uh Axe also doesn't get this, thankfully, and Marco says that that's okay, he doesn't need Axe to understand just to go with him, because he wants someone to watch his back while he's being a mouse. Um... Thing is, that Jake is gonna be there at the party because he got invited, but he's not gonna help spy on this, so. <laughs> Cassie's also apparently gonna be there, but it's interesting in that, like. I'm not really sure. Marco doesn't seem to know what Cassie's gonna be doing there because he specifically says she doesn't fit in. So, who knows? That's a
1: bit judgmental. <laughs> Jake, Jake got, like, a plus one or something to take somebody along. He's like, I'm gonna take my kind of girlfriend along, I guess. Because even though she doesn't fit in, at least she'll have me to talk um, to, I guess. Well, Ca- yeah. Cassie's
2: like a... She doesn't... I don't know. She doesn't... She's not, like... I guess kids get really clicky, though. I was yeah. thinking, like, Cassie's a, a nice person who's pretty social and could probably talk to yeah, people. Yeah, she's
1: just not one of the popular girls compared to, like, Darlene and her yeah. best friends and themes. I, I, I feel like she could find something to do, someone to talk to. Jake's
2: gonna be there, yeah. you know? It's like... <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
0: yeah, fair enough. So Tobias arrives with a mouse and complains about how hard it is to fly around without killing the mouse. And um, then he basically just talks about how devious and twisted Marco is and Axe shouldn't get involved. But the thing is, is that uh, Axe has fleas and Marco is going to give him flea powder if he helps. So,
1: (sighs) I, I really, I, it's so bad that, like, after the Marco book, I was like, yeah, I like Marco now, and then this is, like, being like, uh, oh, Marco's kind of regressed, it seems like. <laughs>
0: yeah, the character has got a lot simpler in the... Yeah,
1: which I kind of get, just because, obviously, you have all the different point of views, but it's like, Marco is just straight up lying to acts about saying that it's, like, a rare medicine that only he has, and it's like, even, like, Tobias is calling around on that bullshit, being like, it's just fleas. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like a very
2: transparent lie. Yeah,
1: too.
2: you know, i i also I also find it weird that fleas can process alien blood. Yeah, that's, that's do, interesting.
1: Do Do we know what kind of blood the lights have? Do they have like red blood? It's blue. Huh. It's not red. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Don't
2: know like what is in it, but clearly
1: not iron. Hmm. <laughs> Also, to bring back a previous point, I'm pretty sure Rachel was also invited to the party, so Cassie would have also had her if she didn't just conflict with her, like, didn't have thing.
0: That's probably fair. Um. Yeah, so they acquire the mouse, and even as they're doing it, Marco is complaining about how Jake is going to be at the party and enjoying himself, and Marco wasn't invited, and... His argument, I guess, is that since Jake is so big on justice, like, is it justice that Marco doesn't get to go to the party? Obviously not. Therefore, they're going to go to the party. (sighs) But, um... Yes, 12-year-old logic. Yes. Allegedly, uh, the last time... Marco was invited to one of Darlene's pool parties. He put a Baby Ruth candy bar in the pool and told everyone he pooped in the pool. Yeah,
1: I was <laughs> like, I was reading that. I was like, I was talking in the Discord, just in general, being like, why is there a fucking caddyshack reference in Animorphs? <laughs>
2: I, I've never uh, seen Caddyshack, I don't... There's... there's, 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 there's
1: in the, the same exact thing happens. Somebody puts, like, a candy bar in the pool and people think it's a piece of shit and then, like, when they're cleaning the pool fully because, like, it's run by, like, rich social-like guys because it's, like, part of a uh, golfing club or whatever. Like, the guy cleaning just, like, sees it, like, picks it up, smells it, and then realizes what it is and not it by and, like, the lady who's, like, running the club faints and everything because she thinks he just ate a piece of shit. <laughs> That's that's the whole thing. Why would you look at it's Caddyshack. <laughs> that's just what that's the guy who's doing the cleaning is not the smartest guy, so yes, you shouldn't need a piece of candy that has a bunch of chlorine in it. Obviously. <laughs> but that's the joke of it. Like that's a big thing and uh, one of the two scenes I remember where there is like just like tits in it because it's the person in the pool with their top off. But like uh <laughs> that's that's mostly I remember. Okay, like caddyshack, the the shit joke and also tits. Uh, but yeah. It's it's straight up a caddyshack joke. <laughs> I
2: I don't I don't necessarily know um, if it it's a deliberate reference to that. I
0: I think it's very possible that like especially because this is this book was released in May of ninety seven, so the internet would be pretty rudimentary at this point. It's possible that Applegate was just looking up a list of like that you could do yeah because as... caddy was released <laughs> in
1: 1980 so it was very much out for a long time at that by that point it's just, it's just like it doesn't seem like a specific enough reference to be a direct reference to this movie i guess I, I, that's just what i thought when i read that because it's exactly the same premise of somebody doing that as a joke and causing a bunch of people to fucking panic well, it's, it's <laughs> not exactly the same no one eats it true but <laughs> there's still a candy bar put in the pool to pretend it pretend it's a piece of shit just like in this <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, again, like, fucking convergent evolution. Like, I don't, I, guess. I don't. I'm, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Um, it's, it's like, candy bars sometimes look like poop, and True. pooping in a pool is a thing that can happen sometimes when you got kids mm-hmm.
1: there. Like, it, I don't know. It's just it, the, the the pieces add up. Yeah, everybody knows that, like, the the kiddie pools are just mostly piss. <laughs> That's yes, a, they that are. That's what happens. <laughs> All right. So um,
0: baby Bruce is the really gross one. It's all lumpy and junk. I don't know why. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Ax is all. So yeah, Ax is also acting pretty stupid here. Um, yeah, he's one, super stupid. One for going along with it, and two for believing Marco.
1: Yeah, like at, by this point they've known each other for at least like two months, probably right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, action, actually yeah, like know that. better by this point that not Marco is a bullshitter at times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they finished, uh their uh, their lunch. Or not their lunch. They finish acquiring the mouse, and then they give the mouse to Tobias for lunch. Boy, I really am not. My words today. (laughs) (laughs) To be
1: fair, uh, you literally got woken up by Kate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't actually want to eat it, because, you know, people eat stuff. It's a big deal. And, like, just this morning, he saw a bald eagle get mobbed by a bunch of jays this morning. They weren't crows, they were jays. What do you know? And, uh... (laughs) suspicious i mean like wilds that that would happen the same day that he was just talking about it but whatever uh <laughs> and marco kind of blows him off uh say they're, they're, like there's not going to be any eagles at this party i'm not super worried about getting eaten by an eagle so don't worry about it and that is the end of my three chapters which i have somehow managed to make last way longer than they should have
2: <laughs> so to, to to be fair um jays
1: are also corvins they're related to yes. crows.
0: They are, so. and they're also extremely aggressive.
1: Yeah. yeah, I at least knew that about Jays, but it was less so about crows being assholes as well.
0: Alrighty. <sighs> but we had to introduce the concept, at least. Yeah, basically just to <laughs> set up Rachel getting dunked on. <laughs> and then
1: making a joke at her expense of just being like, yeah, yeah, weird that they happened the same day, I brought that up, that I saw that happen. <laughs> well weirder things
0: i guess Um, okay i guess it's the next day but still it's
1: close enough that it's like the coincidence Vicky would be like hmm it's like it's like the bit where like uh, we were talking about like using the artificer's infusion to replicate a bag of holding and then just conveniently the dm had prepared like a reward we would be given if we did a heist to be a bag of holding because he was like yeah i was i was really laughing myself when y'all were considering that
0: Are you sure we talked about that? Because that doesn't sound oh, familiar. No, no. I,
1: I Sorry, I meant we as in me and my tabletop group of friends. Mm. We were talking about that um, earlier in our previous session. The
2: pesky lack of clusivity in the English language. Yeah. It's for, forever, forever a nemesis. What would you call chapter four? Uh, yeah,
1: uh, I called chapter four which is narrated by Jake crashing the party because that uh, accurate enough. That's what happens. Uh, we cut a little bit later in the day. Like, Jake describes this like around like before noon, but they're at the party where he and Cassie are feeling guilty for being at the party while Marco isn't. They do say that he wouldn't do the candy bar thing again since he's more mature, but they're also just trying to be normal kids for once, so they might as well enjoy it even if Marco doesn't get to. Uh, Jake tells us that there's about 40 to 50 kids here, which is too fucking many kids for a pool party, even with apparently Darlene's family being fucking loaded. That's just too many. That's way too many kids. <laughs> Kid,
2: kids don't know how to limit themselves. No, they're going to invite everyone they can, especially the popular kids. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like 40, 40 to fifty kids isn't isn't that like it's 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 definitely doable. It's just that that
1: house is going to be trashed later. I guess I just can't envision that many people being at a pool. Like, unless this is, like, a massive fucking pool, I can't envision, like, the average pool fitting this many people. Like, they mostly would just be, like, standing Um, there and not able to swim. Most classrooms
2: fit 30 to 35 kids. I guess, yeah. And they are not nearly the size of pools. True. I mean, like, they're... It, you you could fit forty to fifty kids. in a pool I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, even when you say that, I just now think of like when I had a little bit in my senior year of high school when we did have like the swimming sections, and it's like that was like a properly sized pool. So I guess you could. Also, fit in a pool. not everyone is in True. the pool at all time. I think. I think. I guess it's you just know. me thinking. That's just like a lot of people for a party in general, but that's just me. I guess. <laughs> um. No, it's not. <laughs> I guess maybe parties I've been to or ones I had didn't have nearly this many people. (laughs) When you live in a small-ish
2: apartment in Brooklyn with four other roommates and they want to have a Christmas party, um, and they invite a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you learn very quick you can fit a lot of people into a smaller
1: space than you think. I guess. Maybe it's just with me, I just prefer to hang out with a few people rather than giant and massive people. (laughs)
2: Yeah, well, we're weirdos. We're, we're, we're not the, the social butterflies that Darlene apparently is. Apparently, yeah.
1: (laughs) But yeah, regardless, uh, basically Jake at this point decides to tempt fate by saying that it feels weird to just be kicking back and relaxing for a change. And sure enough, Darlene and some friends start running around because they're being chased by a pair of mice in a very unmouse like fashion because they just keep following her and making a beeline for her and paying attention to nobody else. Uh, at this point, a guy named Hans tells Darlene to head towards him because he'll stomp on the mice when they're alert towards him, but the mice clearly hear and understand what he says because they just easily evade this guy by, again, being very unmouse like by making a beeline way away from him. So at this point, Jake and Cassie just realize who these mice are. They're going to murder them because they're idiots. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So they basically, like, try to play off, like, oh, if the mice want to be safe, they should go to Cassie. Like, you know, clearly they're trying to make a joke of, like, everybody knows Cassie is the animal expert and all. But it's, like, still a bit of a weird thing to say to try to, like, lure the mice over because it's, like, that reads a little bit like the mice can understand you.
2: (laughs) It's, it's It's both a joke. Like outwardly mm-hmm. for the other people, and it's a threat. Yeah, it's basic. It's basically saying, "Hey, Axe Marco, you fucking idiots, get over here." <laughs> so you don't get Jake killed. Jake does
1: fully say, and then he add like, I, then I added under my breath, like, basically being like, oh, if they want to survive, if, no, if they don't want somebody to kill them, they better go with the Cassidy, you know, somebody like yeah. me might kill them, basically. And like, Mark would be like, I heard that.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, like, it's also just funny that like, Jake is like, I couldn't talk back to him in thought speech, because if I could, I would say some words I probably shouldn't say. It's like, let Jake say fuck. Let him say fuck. Let him do it. He's a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh yeah basically that all happens. Uh Marco I don't fully understand because even in his narration in the next chapter we don't understand exactly why he doesn't just go to them for safety because he instead chases Darlene into the house and heads down to the basement with Vax telling uh, Jake and Cassie that they're going to unmorph in the basement. I don't get why they just don't go with them and like hide in their pockets and then they can just let them out somewhere else or just escape the way that they got to the party. <laughs> Because, like, I don't know. (laughs) Marco's a (laughs) dumbass. Yeah. But, yeah. But, basically, this all, all this, like, confusion going along when they're also running into the house basically ends up in, like, at least an eight-child pileup, as Jake describes it. Because he says, like, at least eight kids basically get all tangled up in each other because they're all just running around going nuts. And this basically ends up with Jake, like, kind of, like, laying on his back in this pile up looking up towards the sky, and he does that at exactly the right time to notice a weird darkening of the sky that becomes like what he calls a dusty storm that then smacks at their location. <laughs> not at all not you no know, just a normal everyday like uh, you know occurrence in the life of the animals. Sorry.
0: Yeah, as much as I dislike this party plot, if nothing else, I will say that the Megamorph really did get into it, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, like, like yeah. from chapter one, we've already established our problem and
1: yeah, like they they at least like have the inciting incident happen pretty quickly. But yeah. But unless there's anything else, I will continue with chapter five. Yeah.
2: It, it's it's just um The the way this this like tornado thing is described It's weird. And and the the way the way it's described described later too when it does the other things that it
1: does I don't like it. It's it's very hard for me to picture. <laughs> yeah, you know. But we'll we'll get into that. I have questions about how nobody fucking notices that there's this thing <laughs> around.
0: Oh, people notice. Oh, well, they do. Thing. People, the yeah, kids
1: do. do at the least, but like the the news dismisses it as like ah, it's just a tornado, and it's like. That's my chapter. Don't steal fair, my job. Fair, fair. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get there. Uh, we'll continue to chapter five, which I call the Day of Darkness, courtesy of Chairman Rose, because that's basically how I read this shit, with the Darkening Sky. <laughs> just being the plot of Sword <laughs> and Shield. Uh, which, I, as I mentioned earlier, is narrated by Marco, and we flash back a little bit in time to he and Axe morphing in the vacant lot of Black away in order to infiltrate the party after spending some time kind of just hauling ass around while trying to wrangle the mouse brains. When they do finally gain control, Ax just kind of offhand mentions that animals develop instincts for good reasons. So, uh, they make sure to keep out an eye out for cats on their way over to Darling's place. That's in reference to the fact that the mouse's instinct is very yeah, just 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 fucking, all the fucking run all the time. Don't stop.
2: Don't stop. Which for nothing. which which means if this animal has if this animal is instinctively terrified of everything, then it has a reason to be instinctively terrified yeah. of everything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. They basically don't explain how they actually get into the house and take shelter under Darlene's chair. So I just presume that this is more like in suburbia and they just squeeze through, like, the fence to the backyard. That's at least how I read it. And I'm not sure if that's accurate, Hmm. but, like, they don't say how they get there. So that's why I was like, oh, they probably is like that. I don't know.
0: Who can say? I don't know. I feel like Darlene's family is pretty well off over, like if for no other reason than they own a house in the greater la area in california they're, and it has a basement yeah. and a pool like it, it, very might, it might it might be more so. like
1: uh like a mansion-y kind of house i guess but that would still also not be in like the main part of the city so like it would mostly just be like like it would have like a fence and stuff too i think right even if it's not i'm, in I'm kind of
2: picturing like because of where i went to school I went to school with a lot of people who were a lot wealthier than me, and I'm kind of picturing one of their houses. They're not mansions by any means. They could be, like, classified as McMansions, but they're big, luxurious houses, uh, not quite manor-sized, but nonetheless, they have, they have pools and basements. and Not, not, not basements in this area because of the clay, but you know what I mean. Yeah.
1: Like, the house I grew up in had a basement and also a pool. But it's like. I don't think it's, it's a mansion.
2: Serbia. I just think it's a really nice house.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like. It, it definitely yeah. read to me like it's more like it is, like, on the ground level, like, with the ground itself. It's not like a high rise or anything, where they have a pool on, like, the top of the building itself.
0: Well, I don't no, think they would but... have
2: a
1: high rise in. Um
2: in you know a, a town of this size i mean especially not even even in la and california they're not going to have like high-rise apartments yeah it's not like you have like a penthouse or something
1: it's not it's that's not, not a new earthquake york hazard yeah it it's just interesting that like usually they like go into full detail about how they like sneak into places and stuff to do whatever they're doing and morphs and meanwhile it's just like then just like cutting too and then we were under darlene's chair that's why i brought that up yeah but this
0: doesn't matter it's true thing.
1: yeah yeah i guess this is just some stupid bullshit that happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, at any rate, they're sitting under Darlene's chair for a while as she and her friends talk about just, like, typical teen girl stuff, like, boys and stuff. And clothes. Marco's bummed out that they're not talking about him, because he's pompous and thinks they would just immediately talk about him, I guess. So he thinks speaks to his name that, at Darlene to trick her into thinking that somebody said it aloud to get her to talk about him. But she and her friends just say he's a jerk and that they don't want to think about him at all and he's not funny. <laughs> so, Marco, uh, his narration says that he can take jabs at this maturity, but he draws the line at being thought of as not funny. So, then, him being the biggest brain boy here, uh, decides to jump onto Darlene's foot to, inv- to instigate the previous chapter's chaos. <laughs> Marco <laughs> thinks it's a good plan to unmorph in the basement and have Axe morph in into his human disguise while there, basically just cutting ahead to when they're uh, fleeing and everything. But just as they basically almost finish <laughs> one morphing they hear the dust runs attack, with the entire roof being ripped away in an instant. And Marco describes this thing's real form as a creature that looks like 20 Hork-Bajira glued together and given dragon wings, which again just makes you think of fucking Eternatus and its Eternamax forms. <laughs> just... I'm just kind of thinking of like a big, a big flying inside-out blender,
2: <laughs> you know? That's basically it, yes. It's just an amorphous blob covered in yeah, blades with, and with, eyes with, with and mouths. with how nuts.
1: often they describe Park face, Face's as being, like, salad shooters or whatever, it's like, yeah, I guess it is just, like, a fucking whirlwind of swords and eyes. <laughs> with yeah. wings. But yeah, but uh, this fucking thing just stares at them for a moment with a dozen eyes. That Marco describes as like kind of just being haphazardly all over its body, but it hesitates for a moment before it's just turning back into dust and disappearing, which makes me confused. Yeah, this is uh this is weird. <laughs> it's very strange. Especially because like later on they say nobody gets fucking killed in this uh, whole occurrence. and there's like there's at least 50 people here. Somebody would have died, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh it's a miracle huh? that no one did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Uh the last chapter I have, chapter 6 is pretty short, which I have called Suddenly We're in Maximum Ride, which is narrated by Rachel and (laughs) yeah i was i was pretty pleased i thought about that uh she basically finally regains consciousness only and not only realizes that she cannot remember who she is or why she's even there in the woods she realizes that she's currently must be like some sort of like between forms because like she goes through her whole thought process of like and yeah no i have to be a human i can't possibly be a bird human bird humans don't exist right (laughs) but yeah well, she's like full-on having an identity yeah crisis. yeah she's like what am i yeah, what yeah like who am i like she's basically trying to keep herself from just screaming all the time cause, because like her bird mouth she has can't scream
2: right amnesia
1: Yay. we got an amnesia plot convenient yeah. amnesia for the <laughs> plot, but yeah she basically describes herself as having like an basically an entirely human face except for a beak her her she has human fingers but they have feathers over them she has, like, half-human, half-bird legs that basically start in, like, human meaty bit, but turn into, like, the bird. I guess I don't know how to describe, like, the bird leg. Like, that, like, scaly bit that birds have on their leg that goes to the talons. Hmm. I don't know how to describe that. I don't know what that's called. But, yeah, she basically has that. I
0: think it's skin. I,
1: I mean, I guess, but it's, like, it looks... You know what I mean. It has, like, the yellow and it has, like, the lines <laughs> of I don't know what you would necessarily... I, there's some technical term for it, I'm sure. But, like, she basically has that and talons basically just sticking around. And you mean scales? Scales, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you That's what birds have on their
2: legs. <laughs> I don't know how to describe bird legs, <laughs> but yeah, but they're le- they're
1: they're covered in scales. I, that's they're. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, point is, she naturally freaks the fuck out since she doesn't know if this is her new norm. Like, oh yeah, she doesn't know that this is her new normal as a child soldier at the power to become animals. Obviously, since she forgets who she is, so she doesn't realize what's going on. But she assures herself that she must be able to change in the one or the other and that she has to be a person because her, like, harpies don't exist in real life, sadly. <laughs> uh, she assures herself that she must be able to change more if she can change this much, and she slowly starts to reassert her human features. While well, once again reminding us that morphing is freaking gross, because every book has to, at least twice. <laughs> 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 uh, Basically, as she's doing this, she notices that the sun gets dimmed out a little bit, and she looks up a little bit and notices this dusty cloud, and she describes it as, like, it kind of looking in her direction and considering her, but she kind of just has to focus on trying to become human again, since she thinks it might help who she is. That's that whole chapter. Not not a whole lot. Basically, just checking uh, with Rachel okay. and Amnesia, yay! <laughs>
2: I had a hard time naming Chapter Seven specifically because
1: it's the same thing again. It's just from Tobias' <laughs> yeah, perspective. Yeah, it is kind. Of, it is kind of interesting how they keep jumping around in time periods and like the different perspectives of Dust Cloud Monster.
2: Yeah, so I think I've called it bird's eye view because that's sense. what we get here. It's Tobias has been watching Axe and Marco to make sure they don't die <laughs> while they're doing the really stupid thing <laughs> they're doing. Um, and it's incredibly stupid from a- Tobias' perspective because Tobias knows how dangerous it is to be a yeah. mouse out in the open. Yeah, and
1: it's pretty funny how like Axe and Marco are pretty cavalier, like we just gotta watch out for cats, we'll be fine. And then like, meanwhile, two chapters later, Tobias is like, "Yeah, there's a cat. There's another bird looking at them. These fuckers could easily die at any point." <laughs> yeah. Um, we get two. We get
2: two dings on thermals. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, t- Tobias is writing. Um, is riding a thermal to do that, and then has to explain to us what thermals <laughs> are.
0: So. It's pretty funny so we how... Get to...
1: I, I'm pretty sure none of the other books describe what a thermal is, right?
0: Yeah, they do. They, they
1: Every single time. Oh, okay. The I, first I guess... time
2: that they mention a thermal, they'll always tell you what I guess, a thermal I is. I guess I
1: was forgetting that the other books describe that, because I thought it just brought up riding a thermal to like, nope. get high up in no, the they... air. I didn't realize that he also does the whole, like, this is what a thermal is every
2: time. <laughs> The first thermal is almost always a double ding because they then have to say what thermals are. (laughs) Um,
1: It's been a while since we had thermals. I'm glad they're back. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: So... He says that neither of them really understand how dangerous it is to be a mouse. He says he calls Marco smart, not seeing that right now. He calls Axe smart, not yeah, seeing Yeah, yeah. So no, he, 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 I don't know if Axe is smart for an Andalite, but he's really smart by human standards, so he does call Axe smart, but also not really being smart right now. Um,
1: Ax, Axe also, obviously, has like not been able to really rein himself in when it comes to like human food when he's morphed and everything, so it's like that I'm at least willing to give him some... We weigh on Since a- he's Ax's not used to it But like Act at times Reads that's not very smart <laughs>
2: Axe is a perfect example Of a high intelligence Low wisdom character uh-huh. Yeah <laughs> I th-
0: Honestly I think Axe is very smart I think he's just got Andalite ADHD
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah that would make sense Um So Uh From the air He sees a tabby cat Uh But the The cat's too lazy to, um, to To go after the the mice, so he, so he doesn't really pay attention to it. There's a Cooper's hawk that's checking them out, but he flares, sort of keeps the Cooper's hawk away, claims them as his prey, even though he's not actually going to eat them. Um, and yeah, they race him to Darlene's pool party. Um, Tobias is still flying up in the air, so he can see as. Um, Marco and Axe are just chasing Darlene again. This is so dumb.
1: Like, you get this whole description I, of this chase sequence like three times, just not realizing. Like,
2: <laughs> like I I don't remember. Is it is it in your chapter or is it in a later chapter that Marco says why he decided to
1: chase Darlene? I think it's later. Isn't it, it? it was because he was being like they were saying he wasn't funny. So that's why see yeah, so that's why he was like oh this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> so Mar- Marco was
2: hiding under Marco was hiding under like Darlene's table and then overheard Darlene be like uh oh yeah he's gross and that's why I didn't invite him because he sucks and he put a candy bar in my pool and pretended it was shit. And meanwhile Marco's
1: like I can under- I can I can take all that but she made she said that wasn't funny so I yeah, got then she I'm said funny. it wasn't funny he, he
2: like yeah so then he got angry and started deciding to chase her as a mouse and then axe did
1: too i guess it, and this is what tobias is seeing. it wasn't even really that he got um, angry he was just like i need to prove that i'm funny
2: <laughs> but this isn't this is this isn't funny no.
1: this, is just be- this is just being I a jerk know. basically <laughs> this is just reinforcing them saying that he's a jerk also, uh, they obviously him, have no way of proving that Marco is the mouse, so therefore Marco wouldn't have any evidence to show that he was funny at the pool it's, party. It, it's also really dumb because there's like 40 to 50 kids here, and
2: generally speaking, when humans see mice in a home, they kill them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a dumb thing for him mm-hmm. to do. And then, of course, we, we see the storm start to form, the dust storm, um, which starts... Kind of swirling around like a tornado and and tobias says he's very interested in this because wind is an interest of his uh wind, wind is an interest of his by necessity it it generally uh spells the difference between life and death sometimes um but then suddenly this this dust cloud coalesces into a creature um which dives at the house and just rips it apart um, sudden, just, like, kids are screaming, they're running away, suddenly half of the house is just gone, and Tobias can see down into the basement where he sees Marco and Axe in human morph. He folds his wings back, he dives like a rocket, it says, um, tries to distract it, uh, but then the, the, the beast just kind of dissolves. And, um, this, this is the only new piece of information we get in this chapter, uh, that Tobias sees, um, the- Dust particles move extremely quickly back toward the woods,
1: which is it's um, interesting that like I get that they had to like organize it around this place. This way, we didn't have two Rachel chapters back to back. But it's like interesting also that this is like technically back in time, and the Rachel chapter from that I previously described. No, was,
2: I I think I I think I think this next chapter, chapter eight, is going to
1: take place very shortly after no no i meant i meant the previous one because like it's like in the previous one we had rachel trying to morph back to her human form and seeing the cloud looking at her considering her but in the tobias one set up before that oh yeah because because it leads the party towards the woods yeah they it's very it's very interesting how like they keep like jumping around in like different technically time periods of the same day Mm -hmm. in these few chapters
0: yeah I also wanted to bring up here, y'all were talking before about how it's a miracle no one died when this thing attacked the house, but I'm not super sure that's true, because we didn't get this perspective before, but as Tobias is watching it, it seems to be just annihilating the matter. It's not like throwing parts of the house all over the place, so, Mm. like, since it's not diving at the pool, it seems pretty controlled, unless someone was, like, in the upper floor of that house, that they're probably... I guess...
1: I guess it's just because like they describe it as like again like half the house is ripped apart that it's well, it, like it, I would have imagined it des- some it, degree it would destroys, hit
2: somebody. it destroys the house down to the basement so I imagine if anyone were in that like half of the house they would have died Yeah, but apparently yeah, they probably. weren't um, even on the ground floor so we end. We enter chapter 8 at that point it's narrated by Rachel and I've called chapter 8 Ben and Scaries um <laughs> So, Ra- Rachel is is uh, trying to morph human, um, just focusing all of her thoughts on this, uh, and she's feeling herself change. You know, it, we, we, we get the whole description of, of morphing is grotesque. Again. <laughs> um, she opens her eyes and above her she sees, suddenly sees uh, mouths, blades, oh no, it's a big monster, it's flying, what should she do? She's running! <laughs> Uh, she runs, and, um, you know, she's- she's running on human feet, but, like, the bones in her legs are connected wrong. Um, it's a painful situation because she's running through the woods barefoot, and that's not great. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so, she, um, she- she runs as this thing is chasing her, it's chewing through- through trees, um, and- she knows that if it gets to her, she's probably gonna meet the same fate. Uh, she's able to scream now. She she has a mouth, um, and that's what she's doing. She's screaming for someone to help her, but there's no one around who can hear. Uh, except that then there suddenly is because there's a road up there. There's cars flashing by. She runs for the road. Uh, the the monster runs after her ripping a, a it says it ripping a path through the woods so i'm picturing just like a trail of devastation left behind which um hmm, uh, it, that's going to be that's going to be relevant in a bit i have a bone yep. to pick with that um <laughs> so uh the cars are are zooming past um and she she knows that that if she stops the the beast is going to going to eat her and if she uh, runs out in the road she could get hit by the car but she cho- she chooses the that one she chooses to jump out into the road a uh, car shoots past missing her by inches there's six whole lanes it's a freeway so she has to get across all of that um and then there's a truck and the i don't know it it, it the, the the beast hits the truck uh, the trailer part swings out. It says Ben and Jerry's on it. Slams into the monster, and um, there's just a whole a, a big ol' a big old gruesome wreck. Uh, the beast shreds the trailer, and there's just ice cream everywhere, specifically <laughs> Cherry Garcia and Wavy Gravy, which I guess Rachel can
1: recognize when it's splattered
2: on her. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: from like... a truck.
0: <laughs> Even though she doesn't remember. her Yeah, name I have
1: no here. idea who I am or why I was in the woods or why I'm a bird person. But I remember specifically these <laughs> two flavors of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Well, she's
2: not a bird person anymore. <laughs> True, but, but
1: she w- woke up to being a half party person yeah. and freaking the fuck out. Um. So, uh, then
2: like it, this doesn't actually damage the creature. It it f- flies up into the air and there's just like it's covered in eyes. It has a hundred manic eyes. So again, I'm just picturing just a big blob with wings covered in eyes and teeth. Yeah, it's it's a a
0: biblically
1: accurate angel. Made of swords.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, Well, I mean, it seems to be fairly amorphous from what we've seen, because it usually starts out as a cloud or a flat tornado. So I kind of think it can just rearrange itself however it needs to.
2: Yeah. It's like uh, Hermaeus Mora, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um... So a guy, like, gets out of a car with a camcorder and starts recording The Wreck. Yay, 90s. Yay. Um, these days it would be, like, five different people yeah. all on their cell phones. Yeah. on <laughs> uh, smartphones. Much easier for people to um, record
1: stuff these days compared to
2: I, uh And then we uh, go to Chapter 9, um, which I've called... is it narrated by Cassie, and I've called it Making It Bigger Doesn't Make It Clearer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, Marco is angrily talking about how his tornado is a butt. I mean, oh, sorry. Are his butt, like, is the butt a tornado? I don't know. Uh, he says, tornado my butt. Um. <laughs> he's, but he's, he's angry. He's saying that the thing was alive. It wasn't a tornado. And, and the reason he's saying that is because they're watching a newscast in Cassie's living room. Her parents aren't home. Uh, it's Jake, Marco, and Axe in his human morph. Um. So, they're just kind of talking as they will. Um. The news is talking about a freak tornado that destroyed uh, someone's house. Um, on the newscast, you see like that. You can see like uh, I see uh, Darlene's family picking through the wreckage of the house. Uh, the reporter mentions that some of the kids. Uh, described it as seeming like a monster or a beast, but they're uh, just scared kids, you know. It's probably not yeah, true. It's
1: just, no, it's just kids being kids. They just have overactive imaginations, even though they're actually right. <laughs> and you feel like someone could
2: have, I don't know, looked out a window in another house? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't happen, I guess. Nope. So. Then the news flashes over to. Um, a highway where the same tornado, possibly a second tornado, uh, destroyed a tractor trailer. Uh, specifically the, the, the Ben and Jerry's truck. And they see an image of that as well. But then Cassie sees something she recognizes. She sees something interesting. And it, it, it luckily they're taping this. So She's able to back it up um, to, to to rewind the tape and she uh, notices. And like uh, I, I, I love the scene there, right there, and it just it had very it had very big like CSI. Oh, vibes. you know <laughs> what I just you know? thought of, like, like is
1: like when in Toy Story two, they're trying to find the commercial for Al's toy barn, mm-hmm. and like being like like having to uh, have to take a like basically a picture of mm-hmm. Al in a chicken suit, basically yeah. for the address. <laughs> like very much remind me of that.
2: <laughs> Luckily, they don't have to zoom and enhance because all Marco has to do mm-hmm. is uh, advance the tape frame by frame. And then they finally get an image of a blurry figure, specifically a tall, blonde-haired, barefoot figure wearing a black leotard. And Marco sees what Cassie is, is worried about. Um, suddenly he's smart again, I guess. <laughs> uh, he says, it's Rachel. It has to be, because it looks like Rachel in her morphing suit.
1: Maybe what happened is that Marco's player was absent for that session, so they had somebody else play Marco, and were like, oh, he'd be a dumbass and try to sneak into the party, and now Mm -hmm. this, like, the next Uh session, and Marco's player's (laughs) returned, and he's like, what the fuck did y'all make me do? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna play my character the way I'm supposed to again.
0: (laughs) It's Listen, they needed a way for this monster to be established as a threat, and destroying a house is yeah. the easiest way to do it, But so. also,
2: why have Marco run around as a mouse? It didn't need to... The, the, oh, like, I guess... Okay, there's reasons for that, actually. I can think but of the, But But um, the thing is yeah. that
1: Jake and mm-hmm. Cassie are there, too. They could have narrated it being a threat. <laughs> also, Tobias there could have just been hanging out with, a,
2: around. <laughs> there is a reason that Marco had to be here. I guess. And it's not something that has been revealed yet okay. in the story. Right. Um, and just
1: at this point in time, it's like, if you had to establish the thing as a threat, it's like, from my perspective of yeah. not knowing what happens, it's like, why would you have this mouse plot happen when there are other characters are here? <laughs> there are a lot of options they could have chosen to fulfill that
2: need, and this is perhaps not the best one, and perhaps kind of a dumb one, Yeah. yeah. but mm-hmm. um, it is one, so... <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, uh, in a future episode.
0: Um, also, take note, because... Obviously, destroying a house is a great way to establish this thing as a threat, but they couldn't have it destroy any of the Animorphs' houses. That would be way oh, too devastating. Yeah, yeah. So we're just going to do it yeah. to a, a one-off character. They just do it back. to
2: Rachel again.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, no, never mind. That hasn't happened yet. No, Wait, it hasn't.
0: <laughs> Don't worry about it.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: Well, I guess I might know something that happens to Rachel's house-slash-family. It's, okay, it.
2: Here's, here's the thing. Um, the, the spoiler isn't in what we just said. The spoiler is in the how. Okay. So, yeah. Um, it's not as big of a deal as you're probably
1: thinking. I mean, thinking. I would have just assumed, even if you didn't tell me, that eventually they have to figure out that these are human kids. <laughs> just because, like, there's only, there's <laughs> only so much evidence that Visser 3 can ignore before, like, the higher-ups in the jerk Army are like, oh, no, that, yo, my guy, these are people, not, n- not That anyway. has absolutely nothing, that has absolutely nothing to do with it. Okay. This.
0: Besides yeah. which, do not underestimate Mr. Three's ability to ignore Fair.
2: No, it... It's, like, some things happen because the Yorks are, are trying to kill the Andalite bandits, and some things happen just because of stupid random bullshit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um... So... Yeah, Axe doesn't recognize what the, um uh the big whirly tornado monster yeah, was it mm-hmm. um
1: yeah doesn't recognize what a tornado is uh well, yeah because how could the uh sword and shield aren't released yet <laughs> somebody somebody stole its uh, design dock and went back in time to bring it here <laughs>
2: <laughs> so they do notice that it was attacking marco and axe it seemed to be trying to get to the basement to get to them um, but then it stopped and went after Rachel in the woods. So they're wondering what the point is. Like, it, why didn't it finish them off? Why did it leave suddenly? Um, sort of in, in, in an attempt to to find more information, Cassie calls Rachel's house. Um, and Jordan answers. Of course, this is this is Rachel's younger sister. Um, she asks if Rachel is there, and and Jordan says no. She's at the uh, the the gymnastics thing, but also she's also she says duh because she's a,
1: a, a, a nine year old snarky <laughs> tween. Yeah. <laughs> um, duh, Cassie, you dumbass. <laughs>
2: so she figures out that um, even though Rachel is supposed to be at camp. Apparently she's not. Apparently she was on TV, and apparently she got attacked by a big tornado monster. Uh, and that is where we end chapter 9, and uh, the end of our selection for today.
0: Yes, indeed. This
1: book is weird. <laughs> to be fair, all of Animorphs yeah, it is, is weird, but this is the most weird. <laughs> uh, this is why I don't like the Megamorphs books. <laughs> They're very um, jump around Because, like again, yeah, like you like, uh, established early on, like, the Megamorphs are basically just action moves, right?
0: I mean, some of them are different than others, but yes, they always tend to be very heavy on the action plot and less on the infiltration plot, if that makes sense. I
2: have... I haven't read this one. I have read Megamorphs 2, um, which is in the time of the dinosaurs. Uh, hey, what? And... Sorry? <laughs> I have... I have problems with that one, but I also I kind of appreciate it a little bit. We'll see how this one. Sorry, goes.
1: are we are we I... gonna get dinosaurs in Animorph? <laughs> Again, the
2: Megamorphs books have to be somewhat self-contained and not mess with the rest of the plot all that much.
0: The only one of them that I think really isn't a true action plot is the fourth one, so we've got a way to go. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I guess it's just that it stands yeah. in such weird contrast to the rest of them always being like, we have to do stealth missions. We need to get into intelligence, even though the kids are not very smart themselves or whatever, compared to this one where it's just like, four chapters yeah. in, giant, swirling, smoke monster thing of death. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. I like that. Well, I mean, it. <laughs> we, 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 made a,
2: we made a promise, we made a commitment that we were going to do all of the Animorphs books except for, I don't know, do we want to do the morphs? <laughs> <laughs> At some point, do we want to go through the the choose-your-own-adventure one? Why are
1: there so many Animorphs spin-offs that are also, like, can- canon books? <laughs> then there's also, well, Alternamorphs is not canon. Uh, yes, that's very oh, specifically okay. canon. i canon. I guess the name Alternamorphs kind of uh, makes you would make you believe it's a, like, what a scenario. No, I'll, I'll,
2: Alternomorphs is a retelling of the first few of the Animorphs books, except it's a choose your own adventure, and oh, the Animorph, and it's you as a self insert, huh. and you can die in so many hilarious ways.
1: This is my Animorphs, and so none of makes They sense. were there They're the all whole time.
2: Completely bullshit.
1: You were there all along. You're just very shy and don't speak up, and also don't do much. But don't worry, you were there all the Basically. time.
0: There it looks like the first one of those is listed as twenty nine point six on our list because uh it's directly after Megamorph's number three, so I don't know if Are they, they get wanna... into some
1: fucking bullshit Kingdom Hearts naming for some of these like, book numbers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, it's just that in the official reading order it's a little bit Okay, odd. the fact
1: that you said point six just made me think of like how there was like you know, two point eight, which was like the like the collection of like the the games leading up to three, but also it had point two, which was like the stuff before, like between Birth by Sleep and the four Kingdom Hearts one starring Aqua. Yeah, and it's like, and again, the fact that Kingdom Hearts no. three opens no. with the title of Kingdom Hearts two point nine for the prologue stuff in the in the Hercules world is like you're full of bullshit at this point, Square Enix. You're doing this intentionally, you assholes. <laughs>
2: Okay, so, um, I don't speak whatever language you're speaking.
1: I, <laughs> I don't understand. S- I'm not speaking a different language. I'm speaking, I'm, I guess I'm speaking Squeenix. <laughs> because Squeenix can't make a fucking title to save their asses anymore. I have nothing,
2: the problem The problem with this, Vivian, is I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> because it's true. I don't have a response to what you're saying. <laughs>
1: because it's true. They literally made a, a fucking strategy game called Triangle Strategy. <laughs>
0: I mean, the response to it is that it's not relevant at all, and that's not the thing that's happening here.
1: But so. Again, you said that one of the books was, like, basically the, uh, agreed upon to be 0. .6, which made me think of Kingdom Hearts bullshit names.
0: That's well, it... just in the reading order that we have, and it's only and only because it comes directly after a Megamorphs, and so they yeah. had to spread it out instead of being point five. <laughs>
2: because they're they're numbered based on like the number of the book in the mainline series and if uh chronicles or megamorphs is supposed to be right in the middle like like between mainline series books they'll call it 0. 0.5 like this is 7.5 right because we just read seven and this takes place between seven and eight so 7.5 if we had another one after that that was like after this one before eight then they'd have to come with some other like Thing to put in 7.6, exactly yeah. 7.5, <laughs> and then the so, Roman numeral 2. 7.5b, <laughs> so,
1: so <laughs> yeah, this um, is, is 7.51, and the other is 7.5a because you don't want to make it seem like it's like you know, I'm thinking of like the travel alternate universes, you can't do universe 1 and 2 because then it makes universe 2 feel like they're not as important, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: 1 and b. Um, no, but the, the, there is a distinct order to to these books that they're supposed to be read in. Um, or else, if you read the Chronicles books at the wrong time, they will spoil things for you uh, later.
0: Okay. Yep.
2: Yeah, big things, huge things. Hmm.
0: Catastrophic things. <laughs> <sometimes>. Catastrophic
2: things. <laughs> um, so, we have to... I, I'm
1: really looking forward to the, the Chronicles. I, I'm... I'm... I'm really curious how people in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s were keeping track of the order of these books if they didn't get them the day that they released, because it would um, be so much harder compared to not having, like, an internet source to tell you what's in what order. There were, like, I think, lists in the books themselves. Oh,
2: okay. But, yeah, like, I mean, they... I I know the Elimist Chronicles was released after the last book in the series, but I also don't don't want to read it like that because I that want be the last yeah well I want the last book we read to be the last book of the mainline series so it, that's why we have to do our important. that's why we have to do our bullshit with like reading Elimist chronicles
1: in the middle of the last book. <laughs> oh right, I forgot that you said that. I I forgot you said it. I forgot I forgot you said it was like in the in part way through the last book. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's like three or four chapters in, and then oh, that's switch. gonna be so weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Especially if we're still doing nine <laughs> chapters in each episode at that point, where it's like we're gonna do four and five.
2: We have years to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I fair. think the best thing to do is is patch does one, you do one, I do one, then we go into
0: uh, Olympus <laughs> Chronicles. Oh boy! But yeah.
2: Um. All right, so
0: this I guess. Oh. No,
2: it's just Mega Morphs
1: number one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know that now. It's the Mega. It It didn't make a whole lot of sense at the time, I'm not gonna lie. It's just the
1: Mega Evolution of Animorphs one. Therefore, it must be better. (laughs) Except some Megas are actually worse than their base forms, like Mega Gyarados. Right. Y'all have anything else to say about this one?
0: Uh, no, it starts weird. Um, yeah, it is super strange. I think I really enjoy where this book goes, but the beginning of it is just really, really strange. Yeah, it, I, think it's, like, I yeah. think it's a
1: combination of, like, not only just all the characters kind of sounding like the same character in their narration, but, like, the fact that we get the whole, here's the mouse chase sequence from three different perspectives all in a row. <laughs> Plus, again, how, I'm... like, action-y it is of just being the, like, giant salad monster from space or whatever. <laughs>
2: D- giant salad mon- what?
1: I, I, uh, I'm thinking of, like, how they describe pork as salad shooters, and meanwhile, it's like, these are 20 of those glued together with wings. Okay,
2: I mean, doesn't make it, like, a salad monster makes me think of a monster <laughs> made of salad. I guess.
1: I admitted uh, salad shooter go. from space. <laughs> there you go. That's what I should have said. I will. I will-
2: I have a confession to make. I know mm. what this thing is, even though yeah. I haven't read the book, because... <laughs> I have a habit of reading wikis. So (laughs) Ah. um, That's what I usually do, but
1: I've intentionally been avoiding, like, TV tropes and wikis for (laughs) worst. Yeah. Yeah, We appreciate that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, This, um...
1: I'm gonna have things to say about it later. So so we actually do get the context Mm -hmm. for, like, what this thing is called?
0: Eventually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do one of these ever come back? I mean, it's... Assuming that they defeat this. This is them. essentially.
2: This book, I think, essentially is going to be a creature feature. It's a monster movie. It's like. Oh, um, yeah, it's a Monster of the Week. It's like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a. Uh...
0: They're fighting Hidora the Smog Monster. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, or, or possibly the, the
1: thing from Lost. I don't know. <laughs> I did definitely say Fog Monster at one point. Yeah, I think I'm Lost. <laughs> Even though I've never seen Lost. So the th- thing from Lost, I think,
2: turned into a bear. I don't Did know, you? I only saw some of Lost. <laughs> the fogmas. I remember it turned into a polar bear at one point. I think. I don't know. Anyway, do we have anything else to say about this book? <laughs>
0: uh not really it's weird and if you are reading along with us next week we are going to be stepping it up a bit normally we do nine chapters but next week we're going to be doing 12 because if we don't pick up the pace it's going to take us over a month to finish this book so
2: (laughs) so we're going to each be reviewing four chapters Mm -hmm. um and yeah so just keep that in mind
0: and if you thought today's chapters were short you ain't seen nothing yet
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
0: All right. But, uh, beyond that, I don't think there's really anything left for us to say, but uh, remember, Zero did nothing wrong.
2: Listen. Come, come closer. Come closer. We're in mixed company. Zero did nothing wrong.
1: <laughs> is, is Zero the salad monster? Because I think Zero did something wrong if this is Zero, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Zero. Bye, y'all!